You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Well, we're in week four of our Stronger, Deeper series. It's a bit of a beast, this series. But next week, we've got a free week, and I'm preaching a message that's been on my heart for, no joke, about five months. I'd done a little teaser at our team's night, and it felt like a word hot in my heart, a word in season. And it's a message called, A Street Called Struggle. A Street Called Struggle. It's on the armor of God, Ephesians 6. So next week, come along. I'm excited. It's going to be a great day in the house, breaking up our series and doing a free week. But today we're in our Stronger Deeper series and I'm preaching on the Word. My message today is called Read the Book. Turn to your neighbor and say, read the book. What this series is all about is taking us to be stronger and deeper in the things of God. Two Sundays ago, we had 210 people at church which is a good attendance at church. But then we had a prayer night on the Wednesday, the precursor to our discipleship nights, where we had 60 of us here praying, contending, trusting God. And the following Sunday, we had 315 people in church. Now, let me tell you this. We'd done nothing different in the working week. We'd done everything we normally do, but God spoke to you guys, the church, to all come out to church on the same Sunday. The whole point of what we're trying to do is arrest a post-COVID trend where people come to church once a month and think that that's regular. Now, my Bible says where you're planted, you grow. Not where you visit, you grow, but where you're planted, that you grow. And as someone who's been in church week in, week out for the last 12 years, 13 years coming up, I know the power and the breakthrough that's found in consistently being in the house of God. So we're excited to see what God's going to do on the other side of this series, as we believe we're going to be stronger, deeper, larger people in faith in Jesus' name. The key scripture for today is this, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Think back with me for a moment to a time where you've had something in your possession, but you've not quite understood its power. Now, many of you will know I've been to Bible college, I've done a three-year theology degree, and right now I'm in my second year of my Assemblies of God Ministers in Training. And this weekend, ooh la la, I know, Adam works for AOG, so he's definitely amen in that. And this weekend we've been in Bolton with myself and 125 other pastors from across the UK, different nationalities, styles of church, but all one Assemblies of God family. 125 pastors and future leaders, incredible. The next wave of the intake, we have 75 people coming into ministers in training. The whole three years right now has 125, so the next wave has 75, which is exciting. And as part of you going through the training, you get this ministerial certificate, your ministerial credentials. I know, fancy, right? It says this, ministerial certificate. 
This is to certify that Lee Brown is a minister in training with Assemblies of God in GB. Valid until 31st of July, 2023. So when this runs out, I am expired and I can no longer preach in church. So we need to make sure we get that, that updated. But I, I got this in the post. It's got my photo on it. And I thought to myself, at what point in my life am I ever actually going to need this? Now, rewind a little bit. I was on a hospital visit to an incredible woman who was spending her last earthly days in the hospital before seeing Jesus. And I parked in the car park, and it was a Friday, and I walked to the front of the hospital, and I said, my name's Lee, and I'm here to see Glennis Sturgis. Many of you will know Glennis, would have known Glennis, an incredible woman. I'm here to see Glennis. And the guy looks at me and says, Oh, well, I'm so sorry, but the visiting hours have passed. You, you can't go in and see her. I'm so sorry. You're out of hours. I'm like, oh, well, it's a shame. And I got back to my car, and I thought to myself, I'm a minister of the Assemblies of God UK. I am sure that I can visit whenever I want. So I walk back in, same guy at the desk, gives me a look as if to say, why are you back here? I look him in the eyes and I say, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, but I am an Assemblies of God minister. What did he say? He looked me in the eyes and says, are you here to visit in that capacity? Took my card out of my wallet, showed him it, put it on the table and says, yes, sir, I am. He said, follow me. And upstairs we went. In Jesus' name. Something in your possession that you haven't quite understood its power, its potential. All of us have something in our possession. It's in our bags. It's on our bedside table. We carry it around with us, but we don't realize its power. That thing is called the Bible, the Word of God. Something that we carry that we're not realizing its power. The Bible is not just a book, it's 66 books written by over 30 authors over hundreds of years, written in different languages. We read it in English along with 2,845 other languages in 157 countries, impacting billions all over the world. There are 20 million Bibles sold each year, 1.66 million Bibles sold each month, 384,615 Bibles sold per week, and 54,945 Bibles sold every single day. It's the most illegal book in the world. It's the most smuggled book in the world. It's the most memorized book on the planet. But more than all of this, it's the final authority on the things of faith. It's our compass, our guide, our true north, our light. It is everything we need to live a godly life and to follow the plans that God has for us. Hebrews 4.12 says this, says the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The danger is this, church. We can have it in our possession, but unless we open the book, we'll never realize its power. My message today is called Read the Book. The Bible, point one, it's forever, so read the book. 
It's forever. So read the book. Mark 13, 31 says this, heaven and earth shall disappear, but my words, Jesus speaking, will stand sure forever. Audacious Church is here for the long haul. Trends come and go. Fads come and go. Here today, gone tomorrow. Fidget spinners, here today, gone tomorrow. Here today, gone tomorrow. Planking, do you remember that trend, that thing we were doing where we were all lying straight like a plank and getting photos? Here today, gone tomorrow. Prime energy drinks. Here today, maybe here tomorrow, but definitely gone the day after that. The danger is contemporary can feel temporary. The methods of church change throughout the generations. Look at how we do church, the lights, the setup, the atmosphere. It wasn't like this 200 years ago. And if Jesus still hasn't come back, it won't be like this 200 years from now because the method changes, trends change, style changes, but there's one thing that remains the same and that is the message. The method changes, but the message stays the same. It's unshakable, it's immovable, it's irreplaceable, and it existed before the foundations of the earth. John 1 says this, 1 to 5, in the beginning, in the beginning, picture that, the beginning of time itself, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light now shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That means in an ever-changing world where trends change, style changes, culture changes. One thing that does not change is the word of God. The word remains. The Bible says this word is an anchor in Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And not only is it an anchor that holds us secure, it's a light that guides the way. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light onto my path. It is the lamp to our path. In other words, it's our guide because it's already been there. It's gone before us. It's existed before the creation of the world. And our responsibility today, church, is to allow the lamp to light the path and not let our path determine the light on our lamp. That's what we do when we take our worldview and our thoughts and our presuppositions and our traditions and apply it to the Word of God. It's like trying to use the path to light the way when it's meant to be the lamp, the Word of God, that lights the way. The Word is an anchor and it is a lamp. And the Word exists forever, secure, strong, remains. Today, church, when you read your Bible, don't place your worldview on the Bible. Let the Bible, the Word, shape your worldview. The second reason we should read the book is because it is the words of God. 
So read the book. It's the words of God. So read the book. 2 Timothy says it like this, 3 verse 16. All scripture, everybody say all scripture, is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and I, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is the actual words of God, penned by man, but from the heart of God. 1 Peter 1.21 says this, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried by the Holy Spirit. Since the Bible is the words of God, you can know what God's saying. The challenge for generations has been, centuries before us, has been trying to hear what God is saying. But in 2023, we have the Bible. We can hear and we can see what God is saying. We have direct access to the voice of God. Him telling us what his plans are, who he is like, who we're meant to be. Him instructing us how to live for him. And I want to know today, church, whose words are you listening to? Is it the words of God or is it your own? Is it Pop stars, influencers, celebrities, culture, family, friends, media, popular opinions, or is it the word of God? And the enemy, the devil, wants you to listen to his words, but the Bible says in John 8, 44, when he, the devil, speaks, he speaks his native language, for he is a father of lies. But when you know the word and you read the book, you can reply to the devil when he tries to condemn you. You can say, no, 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 but devil, I know Romans 8, which says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering and so condemn sin and sinful man so that the righteous requirements of the law might be met in us, not because we live according to the sinful nature, but because we live according to the spirit, because the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. When you know the word, it doesn't matter what the media say, what politicians say, what the family might say, you know the very word of God and you can stand on it as a firm, secure, sure foundation as an anchor for the soul and as a light, a lamp to light the way. It's the words of God. So read the book. Everything you need for life and godliness is found here in the book and in relationship with Jesus. God's words never condemn, but they do challenge. When you're in the house, you're walking about life. God isn't looking to condemn you. No, no, no. It's not what the Bible says. But God will challenge you. And our response as followers of Jesus has to be to line up our lives in obedience with his word. When you're unsure about relationships, read the book and trust the word. When you're unsure about your finances, read the book and trust the word. When you're unsure about your health, read the book and trust the word. When you're unsure about your family members who don't know Jesus, read the book 
and trust the word. When you feel lonely and isolated and on your own and like no one's along, read the book and trust the word. Read the book. It's God's word. Just to read the book. Third thing I want to suggest is a reason to read the word, to read the book, is that it's for us. So read the book. The word is for us. So read the book. Luke 10, 25 and 26 says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. That's a bad day in the office. He's trying to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus replied, how do you read it? The Bible wasn't written to us, but the Bible was written for us. Here Jesus asks the question, how do you read it? Another way, in other words, there's a wrong way to read the word and there's a right way to read the word. 2 Timothy 2.15 backs this up, says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So there's a correct way and there's a wrong way. What I love about Wednesday night at Discipleship Night is Pastor Glenn talked about how we read the Bible correctly. He used this word to exegete the Bible, which means to bring out what is within, to interpret what is going on in the scripture. Here's six things really quick that he shared with us on how to read the Bible. The first one was to read it in different translations. Read the Bible in different translations. Some Bibles are really literal, so much so they don't make sense because they're taking the Hebrew and Greek word for word and not putting it into a sentence. Others are in the middle, the NIV, the NLT. Others are way off center, like the message, but we love the poetry of the message. My personal favorite is the NIV. It's close to the accurate word of God, and it's in constructive sentences that make sense for me as I read it. The ESV is really good, but it's very, very literal, harder to read and to apply. Find different translations that work for you. Maybe you feel like your Bible reading's in a rut. Find a different translation. Get a new Bible and let the Word of God be fresh and alive to you. The second thing he said is what does the context reveal? What's going on at the time? What's happening in the story and in the narrative? What does the context reveal? And then point three, what is the historical context? Whereabouts are society? Are they under Roman rule? Are they Israel under Babylonian rule? Are they free? Is Paul writing to the Gentiles? Historical context. What is the literary context? Point number four. What, where is this passage in light of the other passages around it? Where has it been placed? What's going on before and what's going on after? Helps make sense of what you're reading. Point five, develop a tentative reconstruction. That means apply it to today. How does this word apply to my life today? Point six, look at commentaries. See what other Bible scholars, theologians have to say about what you're reading. Six things on how to exegete to read the Word of God. This isn't asking what does the Bible mean to me, but what does it mean to him, the original author? Lysandra and I went on a a trip to Ireland for Christmas, and the flight was at 7 p.m., 
but it said to be at the gate because the gate would close at 6.15. Now, I could read that and interpret that as, oh, well, but the flight doesn't leave till 7. If we just show up at 7 o'clock, we'll be fine because the flight doesn't leave till 7. But if we showed up at 7 p.m., the airline would have looked us in the eyes and said, you're too late. The flight's not left, but the boarding gate closed at 6.15. It doesn't matter what it means to me. It matters what it means to the airline. It doesn't matter what this means to me and what I think might make sense or be the best thing that trying to come out of the Bible. It's what does this mean to the original author God? That's what it looks like to allow the Bible to light the way, to be the lamp onto your feet and not allowing the path to light your lamp. It sounds ridiculous, but in 2023, we're in danger of where we are in society, where we take worldviews and we cherry pick what is attractive, what make, makes sense, and actually what we need to do as followers of God, we need to take the Word of God, read the Word, read the book, and apply it to our lives. That's how we'll live productive, godly, faith-filled lives when we read the book and we trust the Word. It's for us. It's to read the book. The last thing is, it's for us. It's to read the book. It's for us. The Bible says this in Peter 1 verse 20, 2 Peter 1 verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. That means we all need help to apply the Word of God, to read the Word of God, to outwork His Word in the context of community, the church. Now, when I was 17, I used to be a heretic. Don't take that out the podcast and say, Pastor Lee said he's a heretic. I used to be a heretic. What is, what's a heretic? Heresy means to doubt core doctrine or belief. At 17, I thought I knew it all just become a Christian, thought I knew everything. But the reality of following Jesus is the more you know, the more you don't know. And so I believed some dodgy things. Let me tell you what they were. I used to believe that the Holy Spirit was lesser than Jesus. Ouch, that's heretical. At 17, I used to think that Jesus was created. It's a heresy known as Arianism. Ouch. And in my old church in Northern Ireland, not this church, because you guys are perfect. You've got it all together. I've met people who thought the church was only for the saints and not for the sinners, that the sinners weren't welcome. This is a heresy, a schism to be more accurate, a breakout, breakaway group called Donatism thinking that the church is just for the saints and not the sinners. I used to believe lots of things that don't line up with the Word of God. But thank God for community, for small group leaders, for team, for pastors, for my youth leader, for my friends who helped me unpack the Word of God. Not that I would apply to the Word what I thought it meant, but that I would apply the Word to my life on what it actually meant and who God was calling me to be. So today, church, I want to challenge you to read the book. The key to breakthrough in your life, truly, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, read the book, but it's not easy when tomorrow you wake up, kids are screaming, 
you're late for work, life isn't lining up the way you thought it was. But I wanna really encourage you today, church, find space in your day. Lunchtime, dinner time, before you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, just read the book. And when you read the book, trust the word. The breakthrough that you need for your life is found in prayer and found in reading the book. We need each other to work out what God is saying. We need each other to unpack this life-changing word. We need the community of the church. We need the youth department, the kids team, the young adults ministry, the production team. The cre- we need all these incredible teams we have, not just to put on a service, but to help us unpack the word and grow as disciples. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. So welcome to the club where it's not easy, but it's worth following Jesus. People give their lives for this word. People were martyred, burned at the stake, persecuted, ridiculed. People even right now across the world are smuggling this book into nations, putting their lives on the line because they understand the power and the potential of this life-changing word that doesn't make a difference if it sits on my shelf, but makes a difference when I open the book, read the word and trust the Word. There is power in the life-changing Word of Jesus today. 2023, make it a year where every day you read the book and you trust the Word. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 